0: Today's readings, if you're trying to read through the Old Testament this year, are Genesis 2, Ezra 2, and Psalm 2. This devotional is about Genesis 2, so let's read it. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, and by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on that day, he rested from all the work. Of creation that he had accomplished. This is the account of the heavens and the earth, when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made them. Now, no shrub of the earth had yet appeared on the earth, nor had any plant of the field sprouted, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But springs welled up from the earth, and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, where he placed the man he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God gave growth to every tree that is pleasing to the eye and good for food, and in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it branched into four headwaters. The name of the first river is Pishon. It winds through the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is pure, and the bdellum and onyx are found there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hitakel, It runs along the east side of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord God commanded him, You may eat freely from every tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God also said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him a suitable helper. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and he brought them to the man to see what he would name each one and whatever the man called each living creature that was its name The man gave names to all the livestock to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field but for Adam no suitable helper was found So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep and while he slept he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the area with flesh. And from the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman and brought her to him. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for out of man she was taken. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. This is God's word. After he described God's break from work on the seventh day in verses 1 through 3, here in Genesis 2, Moses, the author of Genesis, focused his attention on day 6 of the creation week. The events of day 6 were described in summary form in yesterday's reading from Genesis 1, verses 24 through 31. In today's reading from Genesis 2, God's work on that day, that day 6, was detailed more explicitly. We know that the events of Genesis two eighteen 18-25 all happened on day 6, because Genesis 1.27 says male and female he created them, when it summarized God's work on day 6 of creation. Since Genesis two eighteen 18-25 discussed the creation of woman, everything described in today's passage must have happened on day 6 of the creation week. According to Genesis 2, 18-25, the creation of man and the creation of woman were separated by enough time for Adam to name the animals and to realize that there was no corresponding partner for him. We read that in verses 18-20. through 20. That was an object lesson for Adam, to teach him his absolute uniqueness among the living creatures God created. While he was to tame each one and make productive use of these animals, None of them was his equal, nor could any of them provide what he needed to fulfill God's command to fill the earth that Genesis 1.28 describes. Naming the animals also seems to have given Adam a profound sense of loneliness. His loneliness is indicated by Adam's exclamation, at last, in verse 23. The NIV translation has the word now, which kind of lacks the punch and excitement of the original statement in Hebrew. Though it's not my favorite translation, the New Living Translation gets this one right by beginning verse 23 with the words, At last! with an exclamation point. The man exclaimed, Remember that feeling? Maybe it hit you on your wedding day when you saw your bride walking down the aisle or as you were walking down the aisle toward your groom. Maybe it was when you were walking arm in arm down the aisle together just after the pastor presented you to the congregation as husband and wife regardless of when you realized it one blessing god intended for your marriage was to replace the sense of loneliness in your life with a partner who corresponds to you and complements you moses applied the personal experience of adam and eve to humanity in general when he wrote in genesis 2:24 that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. What compels a man and woman to get married? God's creative work does. Do you believe that for most of us, we are incomplete without a spouse? Do you understand that divorce breaks the blessing God created marriage to be in your life? You can see Matthew nineteen eight for that. Do you know that adultery may awaken youthful passions that have been dormant for a while and may make you feel honored and desired? but that it costs far too much? See Proverbs 5, verses 1-14 through for all of that. How's the state of your union? If things at home are troubled, unsatisfying, or just a bit dull, you might be tempted by divorce, infidelity, or just some harmless flirting, as it's sometimes called. God's prescription, however, is to recommit and reinvest in your spouse. If you don't believe me, take a look at Proverbs 5, 15-23. If you found this devotional helpful, please sign up to receive it every day in your email by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. Please also consider giving me some financial support if you found this helpful so I can keep making these videos as well as others. Go to dailypbj.com slash support. Please share this with someone who can grow in their faith by it, and I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Hope you have a great day.